0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 74 of Wrestle Life Radio. And we are all rested up because last night we went to AEW Dynamite's homecoming show live. I am Matt Sin, that is Wrestle Life Matt, here with my brother, Micah Sin. Hello. Hello. Here with our lovely ladies, the beautiful B dubs, my lovely wife, Carol. Hello. And Micah's lovely wife, Riley. Riley, say hi, Riley. Hey. Wiley, Riley. That's what we're going to start talking about. <laughs> Just because of my botch. We're going to deal with that. So we're going to go right into the show because we actually are on vacation and we have family waiting for us. So we're going to jump right on into it. Um, And let me tell you, Daly's Place was great. Carol and I went for Fight for the Fallen. And it's such a unique venue. It looks so good live. And we didn't get to watch the whole show back because, again, we got back very late. But we did get to watch a little bit of it on TV. And it, it looks like it came off really well.
1: Yeah, it had a very WCW-esque feel to it when they had the special shows, especially like Panama City and all that. Yeah. I really, I really enjoy the uniqueness
0: of it. Yeah. And so I think that's something that they are trying to do, and they have done that. The, uh, the National Auditorium was one that sticks in my mind that was a really unique-looking one as well. But before the show actually started, Jim Ross and Taz came out and got on commentary. And we're not going to go over AEW Dark, but they did do one match before the show— and then two matches after the show, which apparently is normal. I thought everything was after the show, but it's it's good this way because it didn't keep us there significantly late. Yeah. So Shivani wasn't there. Taz was filling in because Tony Shivani was calling the Georgia football game, and uh, we started out with this this weird vignette from Darby Allen. Actually, that's not true. We had an opening video with the Elite, and it was Kenny, Cody, the Young Bucks, and I think. Hangman was on this video, yeah, do you remember? Was a, there was a time or two of Hangman, like his yeah. uh, tag match with Kenny and all that. Yeah, and so they were saying, you know, are we still elite? You know, Ken, are we still the best in the world? And to me, I thought, well, that kind of thought, like of ruins the matches, I know they're going to win now. But it didn't matter, because there were so many near falls in all these matches that you really believe they weren't going to. So as soon as that video was over, we had this vignette of Darby Allin, and he's like skateboarding around with this like weird Cody Rhodes face mask. It's like this paper mask. And it was really weird. Then he takes the mask off and he sets it in fire. And uh, what's even weirder is when he came out of the ring, this other guy who was from a rock band, I believe called ghost main was wearing the mask. And I thought, wasn't it just burnt, but that's okay. No big deal. Um, It was very unique. And Darby removed it from the guy's face. And he was wearing this other weird mask. And then he left, Darby got in the ring, huge, huge pop. And those that say AEW can't create stars, there's one right there, Darby Allen. He's incredible. And everybody loves him. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping the vignette thing is is kind of a staple for him because he actually said a couple of times he wants to be a movie director. That's what he wants to do after wrestling. And you had the the intro he had against Mox was really cool. And uh, this one was very unique as well. So I I hope that's
0: kind of a staple for him we see going forward. It's it's something to make him unique. Not that he needs it. exactly he is he looks very unique. he's very small, but he's got a really cool look to him um and i I think that he's just gonna i think he's a future megastar
2: he's really so do. fast he explodes into the ring yeah like as soon as he hits the ring
3: he's he's moving and it's awesome
0: yeah and, and you didn't have really the downward slope ramp I'm sorry, Riley, go ahead.
3: I' was just gonna say he can really take a beating too so. yeah, he
0: can. Yeah, he can. Uh, I I don't know if he's going to be wrestling another 15 years like a lot of these guys do into his late 30s, early 40s. Because holy smokes, if he keeps doing this to his body, there is no way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Jeff Hardy's still doing it when he's not arrested. So, <laughs> yeah, but he only has like a couple matches a year because of that. Because he's arrested. <laughs> yeah. And he doesn't wrestle the same way he used to. Yeah. That's to for be sure. fair, he does still do high spots, but not in the same way he used to. Yeah. But Darby didn't have the downward slope because of the way Daly's place is set up. So he actually walked to the ring, but he didn't actually walk. He exploded into the ring. Yes. <laughs> and uh, the lights go off. And then Cody's music hits. Arn Anderson comes out and everyone explodes. And then Cody comes out and the cheers get even louder.
2: And Again, you don't have your traditional opening for Cody because of the venue. Right. Um, but Arn Anderson being there made it different anyway. So I think it worked out really well.
0: Yeah, really cool. Really cool. Very unique. Um, This match was really, really good. One of the spots that I really liked was, and this isn't even a wrestling spot, but Arn Anderson says he's the coach, and so Cody goes to Arn, and Arn Anderson put paper over his mouth, just like you would see in actual sports, whether it's, you know, the NFL or NBA, so the opponents can't read their lips. So I just thought that was a cool little touch. There was also another spot where Darby Allin did a coffin drop to the outside, Um, Or under the apron and almost missed him, and Cody barely caught him. And I, I I thought that the poor guy was going to die. Yeah, yeah. Every Darby Allen match, there's a couple spots where I think he's dead.
1: Exactly. Cody
2: just kind of deflected him, so he didn't make a. He didn't fully hit the ground. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. The 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 (laughs) the announcers were trying to brush it off as, oh, he got his knees up, but no, he was just saving Darby from dying. He was keeping uh, him
2: from dying. (laughs) Yeah,
1: exactly. It, it was a lot of great spots in this match. I loved the, uh, they call it the code red is Canadian store off the, the top rope. was yeah. Great. Um, I, I liked seeing a, a wrestling manager actually manage, like you said, actually like a boxing coach almost. Right. Um, you, you actually had him do something other than interfere, which is what you normally see managers do. They're usually just heels and they interfere and they get in the way and it kind of gets tired and, and, and played out. Yeah. But, uh, it was. It's good to see, and I, I'm, I'm sure we'll see some cliches going forward with Arn Anderson, but it's nice to see, at least in this match,
0: an actual manager managing and not just interfering. Right, and one of the, another the cool thing I liked is at the finish of the match, Darby was going for another coffin drop inside the ring, and Arn jumps up onto the apron and starts pounding on his knees, mm-hmm. and then as soon as Darby jumps off, Cody lifts his knees up. And yeah. it was just really unique because it wasn't just a manager out there going, hey, wait, watch out. He's on the top rope. He was really getting in, like trying to get in Cody's face, even though he obviously wasn't in the ring. He didn't really just, he wasn't doing it to distract the referee. He was doing it to get his guy's attention. Yeah, And I thought that was very unique. And it's also really cool because uh, Art Anderson is playing a face and Cody is generally playing a face. So it, it was nice that it wasn't this weird distraction finish. Um, he did coach Cody. Cody got the knees up. And uh, he basically got a, a surprise roll-up. One, it two, three. Up, it it was a good roll-up, though. It wasn't just a lackluster roll-up. It was like Darby, as little as he is, wasn't getting out of that if it was a real yeah. amateur wrestling match. Yeah, there's absolutely no way. The dude was rolled up like a pretzel. One, two, three. And uh, it's over. Yeah. And they, they kind of cut from this pretty quickly. Um, we got to see some stuff in the ring, but it, basically as soon as the match was over, they had a video up on the screen behind us, which was which was cool, but... At the same time, I would have liked to see. I think it would have been really cool if Darby would have got up and shook Cody's hand, and I think that would have put Darby over a little more. Yeah, yeah, that would have been nice. But yeah. they were kind of cut for time the whole the whole show. They had so much
1: they were packing in. Um, but it 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 was a good match. I mean, I, I,
0: honestly, like that's I don't know how you can make a better TV match with the time yeah. they were given. Yeah, It was 16 or 17 minutes, and Riley, you even looked at me and said, are they going to go to another draw? And I said, I don't know. I think that's actually what I'm thinking right now.
3: Because on TV, you guys can't hear it. Well, the version that I watched, you can't hear um, the announcer say, like, five minutes remaining, three minutes yeah. remaining. And whenever it hit the three minutes remaining, I looked at everybody. I was like, wait, they're not going to make them tie again, are they?
0: Yeah. And I was, I was thinking that's where they were Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah. So you go backstage, you see Jin Decker, she's chatting with SCU, and SCU says everyone's stepping up, Dark Order's looking really strong, Santana and Ortiz, and then Sammy G comes up, and he tells Christopher Daniels that he is now a worthless so-and-so, and says, what have you done besides gain some wrinkles on your face? Ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah. Sammy is so punchable. <laughs> <laughs> he is, isn't he? He's great.
3: It-
0: and so he says, Maybe you don't have any maybe you don't have it anymore with all those L's on your record. And Christopher Daniels says, If you think that I don't have it, I'll see you next week. Right, great. Love me some Christopher Daniels. We go to the Fatal four way match, and the reason this match is happening is because Riho was supposed to wrestle Chris Statlander for the AEW women's title, but that didn't happen because she had a a date with a local uh, basically an indie company that she promised she would be there before signing with AEW and they gave her the okay to have the night off. And she said, no, I gave you my word and I am going to stick to it. And I really respect that. You don't see that very often. Yeah. It's, this, it, it's good that AEW seems to
1: be the friends of the indie basically right. in, in the professional world now, which is, as, it's a good thing to do because, you know, you've got a lot of people um, that are, that are uh, basically dual, not dual contracts, but they're, they're, they're fighting in different places. You got um, Chris is in New Japan in like two days. Right. Um, you've got Moxley does New Japan. Uh, you got a lot of people still wrestling in the Indies, and to have a good relationship with them, I think is really important. So I thought that was really,
0: really good on them for that. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice to know that they remember where they're coming from. Really cool. So instead we get Riho versus Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida. This match was awesome. It was great. It was really good. It came off really well live. Um, Nyla Rose got a little bit of a pop. Britt Baker got a decent pop. Sheena got basically no pop, which Riley, you pointed out to me when she came out. And Riho, yeah. And Riho got a gigantic pop. And these kids sitting across the aisle from me went nuts when they saw Riho. So I think we found her target audience, I suppose. Yeah, she's their size.
1: (laughs) But let me tell you...
0: (laughs) Let me tell you, Sheeta won the crowd over yeah. because mm-hmm. by the time the match was over, she was getting the loudest cheers. Everyone wanted her to win. And it was an incredible match. There was a spot where Nala Rose jumped on Sheeta on the outside. She like did a on onto a table. We all thought Sheeta was dead. It was great. Um this this match was good, but I, and I haven't actually mentioned this to you guys yet. So let me see what you think. I thought the ending kind of came out of nowhere. What happened was Britt Baker had Sheeta in the, uh, I don't know what it's called, her Rings of Saturn thing where she puts the hands in their opponent's mouth. And then oh. she yeah, the oh. right. uh, reverses it into a pinfall. Yeah, the lockjaw. That's right. Sheeta reverses it into a pinfall. Britt Baker kicks out. And then Sheeta rolls out of the way. Riho from out of nowhere does like this uh, forward roll up and leaps over. She's got it bridged. One, two, three on a Britt Baker. And I thought the match was incredible. Don't get me wrong. But I thought that the ending kind of came out of nowhere. Also, this was the second, match, the second match in a row that was a surprise roll up. And if this was the WWE, I'd be ranting and raving right now. Yeah. So I do have to point out that that was a little disappointing. And I don't want them to continue doing that. Um, I actually liked it better in this match than I did in the Cody Darby Allen match. But I, I, I don't know. What do you think, Micah?
1: I don't. And really, I think this is probably the best women's match we've seen so far. It's very solid. But you've got to think, if you're booking Riho versus Nyla and Britt and Hikaru, how is she going to beat them if not a surprise roll-up? Yeah. I mean, that's, okay. that's 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 who she is. She's, she's technical. Um, she's fast. But she's not strong. She's not going to super kick you and knock you out. I mean, she's not going to hit you with whatever the... She's not going to jump on your head or whatever and, and knock you out. I mean, she's 98 pounds. She could put all of her body weight on you, on Nyla right. Rose. Like, if, I mean, and, and not not affect her. I mean, we saw that several times through the match. But I, th- I think that's kind of what she does. I think that's her fighting style. I think that's basically, I, I said it before, that's Riho's finisher is the surprise roll-up. That's that's what she does. I mean, you I see it right. a lot in Joshi wrestling, I guess. But uh, I, I would have liked to see Hikaru Shida win. I'm, I'm glad it was a fatal four-way match because I – Honestly, I know a lot of people love Riho. I don't love her being champion. I like her character, and I, I think she's very good technically. I just don't think she's a great champion because she's not there enough, and I don't think she comes off strong enough. I mean, I know she's little like like the Rey Mysterio of the women's division, but it's not quite uh, equal to me. But uh, I would have liked to see Ikaru Shida win, but I think next week we'll probably see the belt taken off of Riho, and if not, it'll probably be because of some – Sort of interference or something, but this match was great. I'm glad they actually entered uh, brought the tables in to a fatal four way match. There were some people around us that were kind of confused because you know they didn't announce that it's no DQ or anything, but I guess fatal four way matches always are. Yeah, you just don't see it a lot. You don't see tables brought in. I, th- I thought it was good for Nyla Rose to push her character a little bit more and uh, break the rules, bend the rules a little bit. Um, you saw before the match, the start of the match, Nyla just hits uh Riho in the face with her belt but then you see Hikaru Shida use the kendo stick she always brings in or whatever you would call it I, I call it a kendo stick I think it's a kendo stick yeah Yeah, and uh takes Nyla out with that which I thought was great um after the match uh I don't know if you touched on it but Nyla ends up putting Riho through a table right with a belly splash whatever you want to call it and good lord she turned that table into a U I mean I I was concerned I was I was concerned I was more concerned for her than I was for Sheeta um I I like what they're doing with Nyla I haven't always been a fan of hers I think she's doing some good stuff now I thought Britt was very good in this match and I don't always uh commend her for her wrestling prowess but yeah I thought this was a really good match I liked it I'm not not hating on the surprise roll-up finish I think that's what she does and I don't know how else you book her to win really
3: yeah I couldn't see her pinning somebody because she's so light so I think the surprise roll-up
0: uh, was was great. Okay. B dubs?
2: I think they've got a good handle on Nyla's attitude as well because she just played the heel the whole time. Yeah. Even to the end, she kinda uh she did she you know she busted Riho and then she kind of just postured to the crowd and everybody's booing and she just kind of waves us all off, like ah, who needs you? And that was great.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we go backstage, we see Joe Janela, I groan. Because he's probably the only AEW superstar that I really dislike. I can't stand him. Don't, don't like Joey Janela at all. Do either of you like Joey Janela?
3: Um, he's okay, but I don't like his promos.
1: No, no. he's he's not good. He needs to stick yeah. to hardcore matches with uh, with what's his face, the British dude with the bad makeup.
3: That's really all he, he <laughs> does. Though. That's yeah. like his thing. The yeah. hardcore. He, he can't cut a promo.
0: He's not likable. It's, no, he's a huge dork. He needs to turn heel. His matches are great. So, But you know what? Everyone in AEW has great matches. So you can't stand out with that like you can in WWE. So I think he's a huge dork. And uh, I want to see him turn heel and see what he can do. Because as a face, it's not working. No. Sorry. Um, he started a promo with Alex Marvez, but he got punched in the balls immediately by his ex-girlfriend Penelope Ford. And he gave the weirdest face I've ever seen. But again, he just got punched in the balls. So hey. Um, the camera pans back. You see Penelope Ford. And it turns up. You see Kip Sabian, Penelope Ford's new boyfriend. And they laugh and walk off. I didn't like this. Evil Uno's in the back. He's cutting a promo saying how the elite are done, blah, 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 blah. And I don't know if it was in this promo or if they had a second promo later in the show, but Evil Uno said something about, I don't remember exactly what he called him. The, the exalted him. one, I think. The exalted one, yeah, 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 yeah. It so it's basically like a higher power. And there have been some rumors about who it could be. Christopher Daniels is one of the names that came out, which I think would be really cool because he was actually supposed to be the higher power 20 years ago in WWE when it became Vince McMahon. He's like, it was me Austin. And it was this terrible ending to this great promo or this great storyline. And uh, I think it would be a cool full circle. Another rumor is that it could be hangman page because he's, you know, looks like he's turning heel. So that would be, Very interesting. I I think I would like it to be someone else, maybe even Christopher Daniels, and have Hangman Page join the Dark Order. I think that would be really cool if that's the way they're going.
3: I don't think that uh, Hangman Page would do that. But then again, they might write that in where he would. I just think he's spiraling into this drinking depression type of thing because he was done with the Elite. But I think he's going to end up going back to the Elite. Somehow, with this, like, mend mending thing. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I think if it would be any member of the Elite, it would be the villain.
0: Yeah. I think that would be great. That would be really cool. If it was Marty's girl, I'm down. i would tell you, at some point, Hangman Page is turning heel, though, and it's happening soon. He, he's definitely turning to the back And he'll join the Elite again years later, just like, you know, they always have all these reunions, but... I don't want been, it. Yeah, I know you don't want it, but it's going to happen going to
3: happen. I'm not going to watch. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> Who do you think it could be, honey? I got nothing. Nothing? I got nothing. All right, we'll, talk about, we'll move on. You can talk about the next thing with John Moxley and Trent. And a lot of people were complaining about this. They're like, why in the world is John Moxley wrestling this guy that's basically a loser and they're having a competitive match? Did you guys not see the Dolphins beat the Patriots last week? I guess you <laughs> didn't. Things happen, guys. You can have one of the top guys in the company have a competitive match with Amid Carter. And that's what this was. Trent is great. He's awesome in the ring. This was great. And if you don't think it was great, it's okay to be wrong. Yeah. All right, B-Dubs, tell me, what did you think of this match?
2: I, I like Moxley always. Um, it was a good match. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really all I have.
0: What about the Orange Cassidy spot?
2: Well, the Orange Cassidy spot was the best of the night. That was the <laughs> spot of the night.
3: So Riley will probably want to tell you about
2: that yeah, one. Yeah, you
0: want to tell us what happened, Riley?
3: Oh, so he stands up on the apron?
0: Yeah, he gets in the ring.
3: And um, he, you know, does his thing where he takes his hands up and then he's like, oh, and then puts them in his pockets uh-huh. and then just stares at Mox and Mox stares back and then he kind of walks, you know, to and from the other side of the ring. And he's like, OK, OK. And then puts, you know, his hands in his pocket and just like shoves it in his face and you know, they're like, hey, look, I can do it too. <laughs> that kind of thing. And then and then Orange Cassie is like, okay, okay. Just distracting him And then Trent comes out of nowhere um and does some move on him. I don't know.
0: I it was on the, knee in the back of the head if I remember yeah, right. Strike. Yeah. yeah. That was, was that was great. That was like pop of the night. Yeah yep. that's was great. <laughs> really good. <laughs> was
2: good.
0: Really good. And uh basically Mox won by hitting two paradigm shifts. He hit one on the outside on the ramp and then he threw him back in the ring and hit another one in the middle of the ring, one, two, three, it's over. Yeah, I think the same people
1: you have complaining about this match were the same people that would complain if they would have just squashed Trent as well because they would say, right. oh, all you get is John Moxley, which that's how wrestling fans are in general. But, you know, they would say all you get is squash matches with John Moxley. You know, you never get a good match out of him unless it's a pay-per-view or whatever. But Trent's actually a really talented wrestler. I, yeah, really very enjoy. Much. I like the best friends. They're probably my favorite tag team. Um, their music I really, is great. Yeah, their, their intro is great. <laughs> uh, their gimmick's great. It's it's really over with the fans. But uh, Trent is uh, who did he have that singles match with a few weeks ago? It was really good. Was it Pack? Was, was, yeah, Just mm-hmm. Pack, and that was a, just a great match. And he stood his own in that match as well. Yeah. Um, and you know, if he can stand his own against Pack, he can stand his own against John Moxley. I mean, he's super jacked dude. He's been wrestling for quite a while. Um, for somebody to say that he's just some some lower mid card or coming in, I mean, yeah, just because he's in the tag team division. But AEW has been pushing the tag team division just as strong as you know their singles division. So yeah, if because, not more so, yeah, if not more so. So I think Trent's great. I have no issue with him standing his own against Moxley. I thought this was a very good match, and uh, I'm glad to see Moxley actually
0: have a match. So there's no complaints here from me.
3: Yeah, yeah it wasn't 30 seconds long. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it was nice to see. I've actually never seen John Moxley slash Dean Ambrose wrestle live. So that was a real treat for me. Uh, he's he's a really good wrestler. It, it, it's really interesting to see. He has so much intensity in everything he does. He doesn't have to go out there and do fourteen hundred flips like the rest of the guys do, and still get himself over because everything he does, even if it's just a standard, he did a superplex off the top rope, and it was just so electric. The crowd went absolutely insane because he's so over. I, just, I absolutely loved everything about this. Yeah, he's very stone coldish.
3: All he had to do so. is put his hand in his pocket. That's yeah. it. <laughs> That's it. That's all I gotta do. went <laughs> wild.
0: Now, what I didn't like was what followed. And I want to see if you guys agree with me or disagree with me. So Sammy Guevara comes out and he comes to the crowd just like Mox does. And he goes, ah, I see why you like this. You get free drinks. He steals the guy's drink, who's obviously a plant. Drinks some of it and tosses it back in his face. He steals popcorn from someone else and says, you get free food, and pours popcorn in his mouth, tosses it at the guy. He comes out and he says, he's heading towards the ring, and Mox goes outside, grabs a chair, throws in the ring, and Sammy says, whoa, 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 Mox, buddy, buddy, I'm not here to fight. We're here to make you an offer, you know, that we promised you. Right, Chris? And Chris Jericho comes out, or Chris Jericho comes on the screen, and I should have known he wasn't going to be there because he's in, he's in Japan for Wrestle Kingdom, but... I was expecting more from this segment, and it's not that the segment was bad. The segment was good. It came off well live. But I was expecting this big, like, this is your life. Like, it was going to be this huge segment, and it was really kind of a nothing segment. Jericho was on the screen. He said, look, Mox, I want to give you an offer. I don't want you to just be part of the inner circle. I want you to help lead the inner circle alongside me. We will be co-leaders. I'm offering you 49%. Of the Inner Circle LLC, because I guess wrestling factions now register with the state of Florida. And uh, he sa- he also shows this beautiful blue Ford GT, and says it's worth millions of dollars, which you don't think is correct, right, Micah? Yeah, it's like a $500,000 Which is still expensive. Very expensive Ford. And he says, I even got you a license plate. And he's got him a vanity license plate that says Mox on it. And he says, also, if you join us, this will be yours. I want you to think very carefully about this, Mox. And I want you to give us your answer. He takes the belt, puts it in the car, gets in the car, revs it up. The lights come on the screen. Looks really cool. Sounds really cool. He drives off. Then Moxley, who's standing in the ring, Sammy Guevara is up on the apron. And Mox says, you know, cool cars and stuff aside, I do want to admit to everyone that I've always considered Chris Jericho a friend, and I even consider him my mentor. And I think to give him my answer, I should do it face-to-face. So next week on Dynamite, which gets a chorus of boos. boos. Chorus yeah. of boos. First, first boo that John Moxley probably got in an AEW. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Next week on Dynamite, I'm going to give him my answer face-to-face. And then he leaves. And he, Carol, I think it was you that stated he kind of pointed it out matter-of-factly, he right? He
2: said he was very lackluster in his delivery of this. It was very much like, and I'm going to tell you next week. Like, he was reluctant to tell the crowd, I'm not going to give my answer tonight.
0: Because he knew what kind of, yeah. what, what kind of reaction it would get. And uh, I don't know if, hopefully he's not unhappy with this. I yeah. mean, I guess, in fairness, you're not going to be happy with every single little thing that happens. But I will tell you, that we've been complaining about the WWE for months saying we're gonna deliver this to you and they don't deliver. And this was probably the most heavily promoted segment in aew homecoming. And it was a nothing segment. Not only was it not a great segment, but
2: they didn't deliver. They
0: didn't deliver an answer. I, I just they get promised to this huge big surprise and it was a car. Like, cool. Like, to him, it's probably a big deal. But do any of us care about that? No. None of us care. So I just, I thought it was kind of nothing. What What do you think, Micah? I would have been
1: okay with it if they would have not pushed it as much as it is. They would have said, hey, will Moxley deliver his answer next week
0: mm-hmm. or, you
1: know, yeah. on Homecoming? Or will he? Blah, blah, blah. But they were saying, "John Moxley gives his answer January 1st, Homecoming. Be there. Right. Watch it. Be on TV. No, and it was just like... Okay, so we're gonna get it. We're gonna get something, and I really did expect Jericho to be there because it's not unheard of for a a wrestler to be somewhere and then fly straight from Jacksonville to Tokyo, you know, and have his. I knew he wouldn't be wrestling because obviously yeah. he's got a big match coming up in uh, New Japan, but the the fact that you know Jericho was, I think that's maybe the first show that Jericho's missed, and it was the show we were at. So of course, you know, whatever. yeah, whatever. That's okay. I understand, yeah. Yeah. but uh, I'm really upset. Luchasaurus wasn't there, but that's that's a different story. Uh, <laughs> But the fact that he was just basically devolved into the TV, which is not great for the live crowd, especially where we were seating. We had great seats for the the, the ring, but we were like directly under the Titan Tron, so we couldn't see the 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 videos very great. But. Right. And then all you got was Sammy Guevara. I mean, it wasn't even like if it would have been all of the Inner Circle coming out without Jericho. That would have been a little bit more impactful. But it was just Sammy Guevara coming out. Yeah. Um. And then, then you had a lackluster kind of, yeah, I don't like it either, kind of promo from from Moxley saying we'll see it next week, right? And they better deliver next week, or it's it's going to get a lot more hate. I mean, it, I'm fine with because I'm going to watch it next week. I don't I don't care if I get an answer when it's live. That's that's fine. But the fact that they pushed it so hard, hey, we're getting it this week. Right. John Moxley delivers his answer, and they swerved you and tune in next week. So and they
3: put it on the card. Like it, was, yeah, it was
1: a big part of the card. If yeah, they would have said Jericho versus Moxley on the card and swerved you and they didn't, it's kind of the same same ordeal for me. Right.
0: Yeah, and I will tell you, Jericho's not the only one to have a match this weekend in Japan. Jon Moxley also has one. So he was at the show. Now, it's I true. don't know. Wrestle Kingdom is two days, so I don't know if maybe his is the day after. I'm not sure. But either way, it would have been nice to ha- to make this kind of a bigger deal. Yeah, They're pushing it as a in a pay-per-view show. So. Yeah, yeah.
3: It after might have it was been over... a last-minute thing.
0: It could have been. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Riley. I
3: was just saying, it might have been a last-minute thing where Chris Jericho had to go to Japan or something where he couldn't be there, and that's why they had to li- deliver the news next week. But still, it sucks. But it might have been, you know, just a last-minute.
0: That's possible. And
3: hopefully, it was something like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we go to Sammy Guevara. He does his little picture-in-picture a uh, thing where he takes cue cards and puts them up in front of the camera. They did not show it on the screen. So if you were watching on
1: yeah. uh,
0: TNT, you, you didn't notice anything. If you were watching on fight TV, you could probably hear us scream. We can't see as we were chanting when he was about halfway done. It showed it on the screen. Um, he asked out Victoria Justice's sister, which that was funny. Um, he said, Moxley, we, you know, that's what our offer is. And then he said, "Dustin, what are we going to break? Your we broke your arm. What are we going to break next? Your arm, your hand, your foot, whatever." Uh, it was kind of funny. We we'll come back from commercial, and Dustin's music hits, and Sammy's staring at the ramp, going, "Come on, Dustin, come on!" And Dustin slides in from the crowd and immediately attacks him. The bell rings, and we get Dustin versus Sammy. This match was also good. Mm-hmm. So sure we got a Canadian destroyer on the apron. Dustin did it to Sammy. It was insane. We all thought Sammy broke his neck. Matter of fact, there was someone on Twitter that said, "Rest in peace, Sammy Guevara's neck." It was great. Jake Hager comes out, and then Dustin's getting in his face. The only thing that kind of bothered me about this is, if Jake Kager comes out, why didn't any of the other elite members come out to help Dustin? Yeah, I was, I was waiting on that too. Yeah. So, but Jake Kager comes out, so you kind of know what's going to happen. Um, he, Dustin is setting up Sammy Guevara who looks like a tiny, tiny sumo wrestler. Cause he's got a huge wedgie <laughs> and he, he puts Sammy Guevara up on the apron. He's about to do, uh, the shattered dreams where he puts his legs up on the corner and then he kicks him in the balls. And then as he's charging at him, the referee gets in Dustin's face, which is the second time this match, he already took a chair away from Dustin and blocked him from kicking Sammy in the balls. And as Sammy pulls him over and says, Hey, help me get out of these ropes. And he's trying to help Sammy out of the ropes. Jake Hager gets into the ring and kicks Dustin in the balls. How many times have I said balls this episode? About 18 times too many, I think. And uh, he falls down and Sammy gets the one, two, three. The referee looks awful confused because he has no idea why Dustin is down. The, the people in the crowd are screaming at the referee and he's like, what? And so they're telling him about Jake. And then so he kind of acts like he's going to reverse the decision but he does not do so. Then Jake and Sammy leave and Dustin leaves after as they're playing another video up on the Tron. what did you think, Micah? I loved the match. I didn't like the ending. Yeah. That's the way I felt
1: about it. Um, Dustin was great through the entire match. I would have been perfectly fine with him bearing Sammy a little bit and then going through the ranks and eventually having a match with Jake Hager. I mean, they may still be pushing for that because Jake Hager is the reason he lost this match, but I'm tired of seeing Jake Hager interfere and make the inner circle win. That's that's kind of where I feel about it. Um, if they're trying to push that they're a real sport, you got to ban Jake Hager from ringside. Right. That's this way. This it's it, every match. It's it's kind of played out now.
3: Um, but what did you think about whenever the ref stopped him from using the chair on Sammy?
1: Oh, I would have loved if he would have just beaten Sammy over the head with a chair because that's what I want to do every time I see him on screen.
3: <laughs>
2: um,
1: no, I actually I really like Sammy as a character, but he's very punchable. But uh, yeah. I, you know, I hate. I know it's it's all scripted, but I, I don't like if he wants to get DQ, let him get DQ'd. Right, you know it's it's part of wrestling. You know if he hits him with a chair and then he keeps hitting him with a chair, you know try to take it from him and quit the mayhem or whatever. But if he wants to get DQ'd, let him d- get DQ'd. I would have preferred him getting DQ'd and breaking Sammy Guevara's arm than I would have the Jake Hager interference ending. Yeah, but okay.
0: Kerry, would you like to add anything about this match?
2: Not really. I feel similarly. I really like both of them, and I enjoyed the match. Um, I don't have an issue with it, the way it went, but it seemed a little bit like we've seen this before, the interference and the dirty ending, um, and maybe they could have done something different, more interesting.
0: Rally, would you like to add anything else?
3: Um, just about the disqualification thing, where it stopped him from... Hitting him with a chair. Yeah. Uh, if he was going to lose anyway, like, why not disqualify him? Is Does that count as a loss if he gets disqualified? Yeah, it would be a loss. So, yeah. um, I don't understand that. But I guess they just wanted Jake Hager to come out and interfere and do all that and, mess. But, I mean, it was good. I liked the match and I enjoyed it. So.
1: Have we ever seen an DQ ending in AEW? Um, no, I don't I think we remember. have yet. No, no. I don't think so. That would have been something new and, and refreshing other yeah. than you know WWE has DQ finishes all the time but yeah they have like eight, three or four shows
0: yeah and it's he had every weird. Because, yeah every right
3: because i mean his arm got broken by sammy so and we're not by sammy but by the inner circle so it's like yeah
0: i don't mind seeing dq finishes every once in a while i don't want to see it in your biggest main event of a big pay-per-view but cell. i don't mind seeing it every once in a while and <laughs> and i don't yes that was a hell in a cell reference everyone uh, i i I just, it's okay to have it every once in a while. It's not okay to have it three or four times a show. And I think both WWE and AEW need to balance it out a little bit. So I'm okay with having DQs very sparingly. Just make sure that they don't happen very often. We go and we're backstage with Jen Decker. She's talking to Private Party and asks them how their 2020 is going to go. And Adam Page shows up at the bar behind them. And they have a little bit of banter. And I'm not going to lie to you. I didn't really hear what they said. So I don't, I don't really know what happened here. All I know is Adam Page started uh, serving them drinks, and he spilled a little bit of it. They freaked out, and then he yelled at them, said he could beat both of them up, grabbed the drink himself, and walked away. So I can't really tell you if this is good or bad because I didn't really hear it live. Did you guys get any more? Um,
3: yes. Well, I think Adam Page was actually pouring it for himself. Because if you watch Being the Elite, um, he is constantly drinking. And it started out where he was passing private party in a hallway um, of, I guess, the venue that they were wrestling at. And they were drinking vodka. And, you know, they're saying, this ain't water. Like, it was that thing where he was like, this ain't water. And um, Adam Page was like, thanks, guys, and starts drinking. And that's whenever he starts drinking. And now he's, like, constantly drinking alcohol. And so this little exchange was kind of funny because of that. Um, it started okay. with Private Party, but he's he poured himself a drink, I believe, and so that's why Private Party stole it from him. Like, dude, you need to stop. Yeah. And so that's why Adam Page got kind of heated. He was like, "Dude, I'm gonna beat you up," and um, then walked away.
1: Yeah, there's been a couple spots like after right after he left the Elite, and he had that. Uh, match with with Kenny. That uh, the first match, I think, when they had a little spat at the end, um, he kind of tried to he he would find private party in whatever venue and try to hit it up with them and, and drink with them and, and have a little fun. And they were always kind of like, "No, man, you're kind of an alcoholic. You know, we don't yeah we don't really. I mean, we're having fun and everything, but you're you're already drunk and you're trying to drink more with us, and we're not we're not cool with that. You've had enough. And that's happened like two or three times now, where they've kind of pushed him away. And I think this was just kind of the finality of that. Which, if you don't watch Being the Elite or Dark, you you don't really get it. So so That's a common complaint with AEW, but it was fine on its own. I didn't really understand it live, though.
0: You'd have to watch it on TV again, I guess. Cool. Uh, MGF with Wardlow comes the ring. And he said he's here to announce his stipulations to wrestle Cody. He has some fans kiss the ring. Then he kisses a woman on the lips who absolutely marks out And he kind of smirks, gets in the ring. And he also, he tweeted this online. He basically insulted her. It was, it's just standard MJF. And he says, Cody, I've got three stipulations. If you want to wrestle me. Stipulation number one, we wrestle at Revolution. And you cannot touch me until then, no matter what I do. And Cody, I'm going to do a lot. Number two, you have to wrestle Wardlow. In a steel cage. And you have to beat him. And number three, you have to come into this ring, get on your hands and knees like a dog, and let me whip you like the dog you are. Not one, not two, not three. And then he does a LeBron James and gets all the way to ten.
2: After insulting the crowd, and because we are from Florida and can't count, he proceeds to count to ten for us.
0: Yes, it's... (laughs) I understand that you guys have a hard time counting, but it's nice that you're following along. He does; He's a great heel. And then he says he's going to hit Cody ten times with the belt. And Cody has to do all three of these stipulations if he ever wants to wrestle him. Ever. It's very... It's fine. MJF's um, promo was incredible. The stipulations were a little weird, but whatever. As long as it gets us to Cody versus MJF, I think it's fine. Would anybody like to add Anything. I uh I I like the first two stipulations.
1: I'm really am excited to see Wardlow wrestle. I'm excited to see a steel cage match in AEW. The third one's really what gets me. Um, he's kind of going for events, kiss my butt moment, I guess. They're trying to push him as more. He's, he, I guess, they're trying to differentiate him from Jericho as kind of a, a cocky, pompous heel, and trying to make him more of like a psychopath uh, is what it seems like at least. Um, because even if you watch his earlier being the elite stuff, he's obviously like a very I don't want to say bipolar but two-faced individual yeah because um, like earlier he'd he'd be talking to Cody and he'd be great and best friends and everything and then you know Cody'd walk out and then all of a sudden he's talking bad about him and and spitting in people's faces and stuff like that um so they're trying to differentiate him a little bit with that I guess I don't know that I want to see this on TV it seems very wwe-ish if they even go through with it they may not Cody made just beat the crap out
0: of him I don't I don't know I guess we'll see. See, to me, what this reminds me of was when Tommy Dreamer was in ECW, and he was this straight-laced guy um, in, a, in a company full of lunatics, and everyone hated Tommy Dreamer's cuts. And he got to Sandman, and Sandman said, if I beat you, I get to whip you like a government mule. And Tommy agreed to the match and lost. And Sandman hits Tommy Dreamer with the belt. And you can see the blood clots just starting to form on his back. And he keeps whipping him. And Tommy Dreamer's selling this like a champion. And then he and Sandman gets in his face and said, Have you had enough? And Tommy Dreamer says, Thank you, sir. May I have another. And Sandman destroys this poor guy. And Tommy Dreamer got put over so hard with that hardcore crowd that he became Mr. Hardcore. So I actually it was a, It's a little weird, and this is a totally different situation. But if they do it right, I'm down for it. I'm willing to see what happens. It's to be cool. Yeah. Jen Decker's backstage talking with Jungle Boy, and she's there with Jungle Boy, Marco Stunt, and Luchasaurus. Again, I could not hear this in the live stadium. I wish I was able to tell you what happened i have no clue can anyone share did you anyone get any more of this couldn't hear it
1: on tv either they had some audio issues throughout this um oh really yeah I, I tried to rewatch it and for some reason like the dynamite music cut in the middle of what luchasaurus said i actually heard it better live um basically jungle boy was just saying he's excited about their record resetting going into the year and they're going to have some great times as a team and a single individuals and uh, uh luchasaurus you couldn't hear it at all on tv but he, he uh said life finds a way that quote from Jurassic park. That's great. Um, Marco stunt throughout the whole thing is trying to get with Jen Decker, I guess. Um, he's trying to like hug her and and, like poker. It's, it's weird, but, uh, that was was kind of interesting. It's, it's, would, Jurassic express. It's kind of funny to see if you watch the, like the people that aren't in the match or currently active in that promo or whatever, there's always something great going on in the background. So I like that about them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, basically just just a standard promo. It was good. Um, it's a shame that the audio was messed up live and on TV, and we didn't get really fully enjoy the awesomeness that is Luchasaurus.
3: But. Um, Luchasaurus also did say "rar," I'm pretty sure at the yeah <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm pretty
3: sure he did. Um, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but
0: pretty sure which he means did. I love you in dinosaur.
3: Exactly. Mm. And he was talking right to Micah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Adam Page comes out. He's on commentary. He's tipsy. He's got his scotch or whiskey or whatever in the world he has in his hand. And uh, it says on his little card, has been drinking, when it shows Adam Page's name. And that's incredible. That's very funny. Um, They have a backstage segment with Riho, which was not shown live. Apparently there was something where Britt Baker interrupted and she was yelling at Riho saying, why aren't you here every week? I'm here every week wrestling. Also, I'm running a dental practice. Where have you been? You haven't been here in a month. Which is a common complaint that AEW fans have had because Riho has, in the last three episodes, only been on TV once and that was to watch Chris Statlander looking very concerned in the crowd. Um, Britt Baker apparently looked kind of heelish here. Again, this was not shown live, so I'm not sure. Um, She does tell Riho that she doesn't deserve to hold the title, and Riho looks very sad. And we come back. um, It continues on with Michael Nakazawa there with her, and she looks very sad, and Alex Marvez is asking her questions in a standard interview format again couldn't really hear it live hopefully you guys could hear it on TV but uh, we I, I couldn't hear anything yeah I think
1: basically they asked her how she's gonna face Chris Statlander. and and from what I got I think she said she's gonna try her best
3: yeah that's what she said
1: and okay I, I kind of just feel bad for her at this yeah. point and I, I even though I like Chris Statlander and I want her to win I just
0: I don't I don't want her to win like this right I understand but so then we go to your main event and let me tell you if you don't like Flippy Wrestling, you will hate this match. But, as someone that doesn't really care for Flippy Wrestling, I loved this match. And AEW has turned my 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 face towards Flippy Wrestling, and the more I watch it, the more I like it. And again, I love old-school classic wrestling. I love Dustin Rhodes. I love Cody. I love Sean Spears. I love that type of wrestling. But, oh my gosh, these six guys are so talented it is absolutely incredible what they can do. This might have been the best 10-minute match in AEW yet. It was Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Pac and the Lucia Brothers. And everything they did was nuts. Riley, as the biggest Elite fan on this podcast, <laughs> tell us what you were thinking as the match was going on.
3: Um. Well, first of all, I was just staring at Kenny thinking, Oh my gosh, I'm here in person and I get to see Kenny Omega wrestle. Yes. But um I don't know. I just thought it was really awesome. Um There were some spots I was like, you know, obviously, ouch, please don't hit Kenny like that. Please don't die. Yes. <laughs> but um, I mean, it was great. I think, I mean, obviously Kenny's V triggers are awesome. And then uh he hit one Snapdragon Suplex, I believe, just one on pack.
0: He hit another. He hit one on Phoenix as well.
3: Okay, I didn't. I don't remember seeing that one, but um, yeah, and obviously the young bucks. I mean, their acrobatic skills are just awesome. Well, Nix is particularly.
1: But They're yeah, so good. I liked it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's I not. Really it's, liked it. it's not fair to everybody else in the roster how good the Lucha Brothers and the Bucks and in the Elite and everything are. Yeah. or were in that match. Mm-hmm. It was too short of a match, in my opinion. I think they should have taken away a little bit from from something else. I don't know what yeah. else because the match, the the, the card was so packed. Um, I would have liked five, ten more minutes of this match. Um, yeah, I don't think I had a commercial break in it, so that's good. But uh, the Lucha Brothers, uh, like I said last, uh, last show I was on, haven't always been my favorite because they don't always follow the tag team rules like they should, and that kind of bothers me. Um, this match, I think they did a very good job. Um, you actually saw towards the end of the match, uh, Pack was in, but he was dead. So Ray jumped over the ropes, got, grabbed the tag rope, tagged himself in on Pack, jumped in. And that's whenever he's trying to do the the flying kick off the top rope and ends up getting knee to the face by Kenny. And yeah. oh my gosh, that looked really painful. Um, f- live and on TV, like, you, you know, sometimes you can see like, oh, that's a glancing blow. That didn't really hurt. That looked like it really hurt. Um, the timing was amazing with him and Kenny, and uh, that's it. In, in what eventually ended the match, but there were so many great spots with um when Ray was on the elite uh, top rope and he's doing the thing where he dances between the middle and the top rope, avoiding kicks from the Matt and Nick Jackson. That was insane. Um, that got a huge pop, and uh, just they're they're all so talented, and it's it's ridiculous. I thought it was uh, really cool in the ending how. I think it further pushes the the rivalry with Pac and Kenny how, how Pac Pack was on the outside and and Ray was getting the pin from Kenny to end it, and uh Pac starts to come in the ring and break up the pin and the bucks run in the mat uh the on the center mat and are basically just ready to super kick him as soon as he comes in and he just kind of slides back and is like all right well I'm not not taking yep. that kick to the face yep I thought that was that was really good storytelling there, but yeah, it was this great match this is. This was my favorite match of the
0: night, and this may be my favorite match of AEW so far. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, is definitely the best 10-minute match. Some of their 20, 30-minute matches, I'd say, were better just because they were longer. But it was absolutely insane. That finish where Pac does the the black arrow, I think it's called the black arrow, onto Mm -hmm. Kenny, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's actually going to pull this off. And then one of the Jacksons kick him right in the face. It's just... Mm -hmm. There's so many good spots. There were a 1,000 Canadian destroyers in this match. I know a lot of people don't like that, and I was one of those people. But gosh, it just looks so good, and they're so talented. How can you not appreciate what they do? I mean, it's just its just incredible. Honey, would you like to add anything?
2: No, not really. I'm all for flippy wrestling, so this is some <laughs> of my favorite stuff.
0: So after the match is over, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks celebrate. Cody comes in and uh, they say hey man come with us and Kenny's holding the, the the ropes open for him the other three are like gesturing him for to get in the ring and he stands up and says I didn't do anything guys no this is all you this has nothing to do with me and then uh, we go and the show ends after the show ends um, you have the four guys in the elite Cody and then the three that were in the match and they're all hugging and uh, they thank the fans for coming they leave, and then Justin Roberts announces that AEW Dark is happening. And there you go. That was the show. Now, rally I'm going to let you start, because you've never been to a live wrestling show before. And you're a huge Elite fan. If you were to grade AEW Dynamite Homecoming, what would you grade it?
3: I wasn't prepared for this. I think I'm going <laughs> t- to rate it maybe an A... Okay.
0: Yeah. And why is that?
3: Well, I really loved all the matches, but there are some things I just, I remember not really liking. Just some particular, like just some things, but I would have to rewatch it. I just remember feeling like, oh, I don't really like that. (laughs) If that makes sense. Yeah. Especially the announcement with Mock saying that he's going to announce it next week. Like that really... Put a damper on the grate, I think.
1: Okay. That was, yeah. Yeah. I, I would give it an A. Um, I loved everything about the show. I thought we had the best women's match we've seen so far, which has been one of my major complaints. We did not have Brandy Rhodes cut a promo, and that's another one of my major complaints. Yeah. Um, everything else was good. We had a great match with uh, Trent and John, uh, which was the probably the low spot of the night, but it's still not very low. So uh, I would definitely give it an A because I thought it was great. My main detractor was the fact that, number one, Chris Jericho was not there, and he only cut a promo on the TV, and also they pushed it off till next week. If they would have not done that, I think I probably would have
0: given it an A+. You might be right. What do you think, B-Dubs?
2: I'd say similar. I was going to give it an A. Um, I enjoyed all the matches. Some of the in-between stuff was lackluster, but they don't do very much in-between stuff. They mostly, with AEW, Mostly you're wrestling, and it's a wrestling show, and it's good wrestling. Um, the only complaint that I had is the same, the the Mox announcement, and that's only because it was supposed to happen, and it didn't happen. So that was very WWE, um, the bait and switch. So I didn't care for that. But that's it. That's the only thing. Keeping it from an A+, plus. I really liked all the matches. It was great.
0: Yeah. I'm going to give it an A- as well. I don't like that they – uh had the mox issue, but I'm not going to elaborate on that because we already did. You guys also mentioned it. Um, a- as a TV viewer, if I were watching this on TV, I might have given it a lower rating because if they were having sound issues, that's very frustrating. This is what, like week yeah. 13 or 14? They've had months to get this fixed. TNT is a major company. They need to get it ready. AEW has an entire sound crew. We know we saw them and we were there. They need to fix that. I was okay not really being able to hear the stuff live because I've been to WWE shows where you can't really hear it live because the crowd is loud and you know it depends on where you're sitting because the speakers, so I can get that. That stuff can't happen on TV, and it's getting old, so you need to fix that. This is the first show of the new year, so I'm going to give you guys a few more weeks, but I'm going to start knocking letter grades off if you don't get that resolved. Otherwise, as I say every week, if a wrestling show has good wrestling on it, I'm all for it. Every match tonight or every match last night was incredible. I absolutely loved it. It was so 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 good. A minus um, would have been higher if it wasn't for Mox. Um, Mox not delivering his answer uh, and would have been lower probably if I watched it on TV and couldn't hear what was going on. So yeah, it was a really good show. We loved it. We hope they come back to Jacksonville very very soon. Because anytime I can see AEW live, it was great. and I will continue to splurge on tickets because man, it was it was something else sitting up there on that stage. what? Just 15, 20 feet from the guys.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it
0: was super close. We were like seven rows back from the stage and it, it was it was great, so good. So good, well, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you follow us all at WrestleLife Life Radio on Facebook and Instagram, at Wrestle Life Pod on Twitter. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram, or excuse me, uh, Instagram and Twitter at Wrestle Life Matt. Carrie, where can they follow you?
2: Oh, Instagram and YouTube.
0: And Micah doesn't like to be followed, so we're not. He's not going to give it away. He likes to be a loner. Riley, would you like to link your Instagram?
3: Um, my Instagram is Riley Cheyenne. Okay, R-I-L-E-Y-Y-S-H-Y-A-N-N-E.
0: And Carrie. Your Instagram and your YouTube—we can find you there. But where can we find you?
2: Uh, Carol Sen, C-A-R-O-L-E-S-E-N-N.
0: That is perfect, ladies and gentlemen. This is episode seventy-four of Wrestle Life Radio. Thanks to my brother, my wife, and my sister-in-law for having a blast with me last night and for hanging out at Wrestle Life Radio, doing this amazing, amazing podcast. And yes, that is my opinion. Please come back next week. We will have another roundtable, or perhaps maybe even a Fantasy Booker episode. Who knows? In the next week, we'll be back on our regular schedule reviewing Raw, SmackDown, and AEW with you every week. And we also can officially announce that my brother Micah is the official third member of Wrestle Life Radio. Now that Chris Cumbie is taking an extended, extended, very, long, very long hiatus, uh, which may be permanent. We'll see. But uh, it's a family affair with me, my brother Micah, and my cousin Kyle as the official Big Three of Wrestle Life Radio. Thank you all very much, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you. We love you. We will see you very soon.
2: We can't see that.
0: <laughs> we
2: can't see that. <laughs> Good one.